Well, Leonardo da Vinci uh, lived in the uh, 15th into the 16th century. You, that's a copy of his kind of self-portrait there on the left. And there on the right is perhaps his most famous work, the Mona Lisa, now in Paris, considered to be the most famous painting perhaps in the world. It's viewed by uh, about 6 million people every year. And uh, what were Leonardo's last words? Well, here were his last words. I have offended God and mankind because my work didn't reach the quality it should have. Can you imagine that? Your work is viewed by 6 million people every year. But Leonardo ended his life with a sense of failure and a sense of regret. He was looking back and he, he felt he hadn't lived up to the quality or the standard that God had set him. A massive intellect, a brilliant uh, mind, brilliant gifts, and yet I have offended God and mankind. Leonardo was looking back with a sense of failure. I want to contrast that with the words of Joseph. He, uh, he doesn't look back with a sense of failure, does he? In fact, even though he's coming towards the end of his life, he looks forward with great faith. That's the theme I think of these verses Joseph said to his brothers I am about to die but God will surely come to your aid and take you up out of this land to the land he promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob now we know don't we from Joseph's life we were considering it this last year really it had many trials a 17-year-old, hated by his brothers, rejected, sold into slavery, uh, sent away to another land. All kinds of trials. And yet, here, he's filled with a sense of hope and faith. I think the trials that he experienced strengthened his faith in God. In fact, the New Testament it talks about this verse and it says, of all the things it could have said about Joseph and his faith, it, said, it says, it refers to this passage here. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions about his bones. So this passage is really all about faith. What it means to have faith. You and I are going to need faith. As we face this new year, we are going to need it. We need to exercise faith. But what is it? What is faith? What does it look like? So I, I, I'm going to take Joseph as our example here. There's a certainty about faith, Christian faith. Uh, there's a strength to it. And it kind of spreads. It spreads to others. Those are the three things. Very briefly, I want us to think about biblical faith has a certainty about it. Now, let me add something immediately. That does not mean to say that as Christians, we know the answer to everything. 
We're not saying that, are we? There are many things we don't really understand. But despite that, Christian faith has a certainty about it. You notice the repetition of that, verse 24? God will surely come to your aid. And it's repeated, verse 25. God will surely come to your aid. Reminds us of Hebrews 11. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. There's a certainty about biblical faith. Now where does that come from with Joseph? How did he have this certainty? We're not told that God revealed anything specifically to Joseph uh, about this particular promise. But he, he knows the promise, doesn't he? The land he promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. How did Joseph know that well? His father, I think Jacob, must have told him about it. We're looking back in chapter 48, verse 21. Israel said to Joseph, I am about to die, but God will be with you. Plural. He will be with you and take you back to the land of your fathers. Joseph had been passed on this promise, and Joseph believes it. He believes this promise. It's repeated again and again in Genesis. I will give you this land. I will give you this land. There's a certainty of faith that tells us something about true faith. It's not based on feelings, is it? I mean, he's 110. And he knows he's about to die. I'm about to die, he says. He's weak. He's 110. It's not based on feelings. It's not based on circumstances. Israel lives in, in Goshen, in Egypt, and it's kind of everything's going well there, I think, at the time. It's not based on circumstances. It's not based on wishful thinking, as if there's this huge wave of nostalgia in Joseph about his lovely time he used to have in Canaan. It wasn't a nice time, was it, for him? So it's not nostalgia. It's not wishful thinking. It's not feelings. It's based on this promise. That's what biblical faith is. Very popular views of Christian faith, or of faith in the world, is that that's what it is, with wishful thinking. I haven't seen it for a long time now, but I remember I used to watch uh, Deal or No Deal. When we were in Italy, we used to watch Deal or No Deal. That was our link with the UK. How about that? And... Uh, have you seen it? The competition, the, the, you know, they've all got these boxes and there's a number in the boxes and, and it represents cash. And the contestant would say, I really feel there's a big number in this box. Let's, let's hope there's a big number in this box. Let's all link hands. Let's all link hands and wish that there's a big number in this box and it's got to be a red or it's got to be a blue. And, we all, and they're all kind of wishing, wishing, wishing. They open it up and it's a, it's a low number. All that kind of wishing doesn't mean anything, does it? The number is already there. It's not going to change a thing. And people think like that about faith. It's wish fulfillment. It's feeling. Football fans tell each other, believe. We've got to believe this game. We'll eventually win. Believe. John Lennon's song about Christmas. Let's hope this new year is a good one. Let's hope without any fear. Let's just hope. But Christian faith is much more than that, isn't it? It's completely different from that. It's, 
It's faith in, in what God has promised. That's why I want to encourage you to read through the New Testament this year. Read it together. Because we need to know what God has promised. And base our faith on that. And trust that. You say, well, what has God promised us? Well, I can put it in the words of Joseph if you like. Jesus Christ will surely come to our aid. Jesus Christ will surely come to our aid. You remember when Jesus ascended into heaven? The beginning of Acts. The disciples stand there looking up into the sky and the angels appear and say, why are you looking up into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. That's God's promise. That's what we're waiting for. Jesus Christ will surely come to our aid. So he's going to return. He's going to return. But we can say more than that, can't we? Uh, Joseph was worried about his bones. He was concerned about his bones. You've got to carry my bones up, he says, from this place. But we have a greater hope than that, don't we? When Jesus Christ returns, he's not going to carry our bones everywhere. He's going to raise our bodies. That's the Christian hope. Jesus Christ is going to come to our aid. Paul says, our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there. Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. These old bodies getting older. But we have hope in the promise of God. And we can say something else too as Christians. Joseph was anticipating the promised land, wasn't he? The land promised on oath. And as Christians, we are looking forward to a new creation, a new heaven and a new earth. In keeping with his promise, Peter says, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth. Those are the promises God's people have got to hold on to. Jesus Christ will come to our aid. And you might say, I, yes, I can see that. I can see it in the Bible and I've got to hold on to that. But I've got to go to work tomorrow. I've got to go back to college tomorrow. I, you know, I've got to look after family tomorrow. What does that have to do with me? How does that apply to me? Well, think about this verse. Paul says to slaves in Colossae, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So if you really believe those three statements, if you really do, Paul says that will affect the way you live this week. It will affect the way you move into this year and you think about this year. Whatever you do, Paul says, do it with all your heart, serving the Lord. Whatever you do, whatever you do, don't worry about material reward here. You'll be rewarded then when the Lord comes. So serve well. Serve well at your job. Serve well in your studies. Serve your family well. You are serving this returning Lord.
we really believe these truths. And as we've said, sung this evening, I will stand on every promise of your word, then that promise does have an effect for the every day of life beginning tomorrow. There's a certainty about Christian faith. Secondly, and more briefly, biblical faith can be strong to the end. Biblical faith can be strong to the end. Joseph, he's learned, doesn't he, to trust God. We saw it first see him as a 17-year-old. And uh, he's rejected by his brothers. And now... He's 110. His faith has been tested with trials, with temptations, with treasures. They're all temptations, all difficulties, aren't they? In different ways. Successes and failures. But it seems that Joseph's faith has been strengthened. That's often the way God designs the trials that we face. And at the end of his life now, he's 110, and he dies believing. He dies with faith, doesn't he? Trusting in God's promise. His body is getting weaker, but his faith is getting stronger. What a great example he is for us. We're running the race of faith. I remember years ago, 2002 it was, going to the Commonwealth Games in Manchester and I watched that race. I think that was uh, the race I watched. I remember the Kenyans and there's one Ethiopian, I think, there running around this to 10,000 meters. And every time they would run around, the crowd would clap. The crowd would clap. And, uh, I mean, these guys, they're like sticks. You know, and, and the other athlete, there was a hammer thrower nearby. I mean, he was big. And then there was a shot putter nearby. And these are big guys. But these guys are thin. Their legs are thin. And they're running the 10,000 meters. And I'm thinking, how are they going to keep going? And I always remember it came to the last lap and the bell rang. And they sprinted. They sprinted to the end. And the guy who won was uh, a guy called Ke uh, Wilberforce Talel. And that's him there, I think. Wilberforce is running to the end. And he, he doesn't slow down. He sped up as he gets to the finish line. Now, the Bible says the Christian faith is, is a race. We're involved in a race. It's not a 100-meter sprint, is it? It's more like 10,000 meters. It's more like a marathon. But it is possible to finish well, to finish strongly. Jacob, uh, Joseph shows us this. It's possible to do that. And you might think you're coming to the beginning of a new year and you're, you're thinking ahead. Maybe you've got positive things to think about. I know so, some in the fellowship are positive. But you know there might be some worries. There, there are concerns. You wonder, are you going to make it? God. Can, God's, can God's grace sustain you? And the answer to that is yes. The same God who sustained Joseph and who strengthened his faith 
is the same God for us. He can strengthen us so that we run well this year. Listen to Paul when he writes to Timothy. He says, the time of my departure is at hand. These are his last words, his last letter. But I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And to all who have longed for his appearing. Now, why does Paul write those words? Is he boasting? No, he's writing to encourage Timothy. And those words are for our encouragement too. Keep on running. Keep on running. Christian faith can be strong right to the end. I know there are many stories where people have professed faith as young people, maybe as students, and they were strong and zealous, and they've fallen away. But that doesn't need to happen to us. God's grace can sustain us right the way through to the finishing line. So fix our eyes on Jesus and let's run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And the last thing is that biblical faith can spread hope to others. You know, you notice the lovely picture of Joseph with his grandchildren and great-grandchildren, I think, placed on Joseph's knees. Uh, it talks about his brothers, but then it talks about succeeding generations. And um, he reminds them, doesn't he? God will surely come to your aid. Verse 25. God will surely come to your aid. I don't know what kind of a, a tomb they gave to Joseph. Maybe it was an elaborate one like the Egyptians were famous for. And I don't know what inscription they might have put on it. But surely that would have been a suitable one, wouldn't it? God will surely come to your aid. God will come to your aid. Why is he doing that? Well, he wants to spread his faith, doesn't he? He wants to spread it to his brothers. He's reminding, of them, reminding to them, but it's also a reminder to the next generation and the next generation. He is spreading this message. He wants others to come and to trust this God and to have this hope. And that must have succeeded in a sense because years later, Hundreds of years later, when Moses and the Israelites come out of Egypt, they remember and they carry Joseph's bones in fulfillment of that promise and they take, it, take them to the promised land. Christian faith spreads hope to others. And if you have Christ as your Savior this evening and we share this hope of the gospel, like Joseph, we'll, we, we'll be able to spread it to others around us and be prepared to give a reason for the hope that we have and do it with gentleness and respect, as Peter says. So let's not live like Leonardo da Vinci. Let's live like Joseph. Let's have faith in the promises of God, in Christ our Savior, and stand on every promise of his word. Let's pray and then we'll sing together. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this evening, time spent together in your presence.
hearing of the testimonies of others and how you've worked in their lives. And thank you for the reminder from Joseph's life of his faith and of the way in which you led him and sustained him, protected him, 